0: Several of us just went to uh, the Vineyard National Conference uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Luke and Jamie, Hazelmeyer, Jordan and Holly, uh, Pelfrey, Lori and I. And uh, Wilson and Jen uh, did not get to go because they had a new baby girl just a couple weeks before the conference. So, yeah, that's a pretty good trade-off, I think. Now, uh, this was a very significant conference. We we have our conferences uh, every other year and uh, this one was significant because of the transition of power that we had a transition of leadership and uh, the new leader coming in jay Pathick and his wife danielle are in their mid-40s so this is the first time since john wimber that someone from my generation has not been the national leader of the vineyard so it's a real cool and uh, very significant thing have a lot of confidence in jay and danielle And uh, we're really excited to have them lead the whole thing. Uh, I do want you to know this, that the vineyard is not a denomination. Uh, We we have structure that you might look at and think that makes us a denomination. But it's not our structure that unifies the vineyard. Uh, What unifies the vineyard is our, well, it's not even our theological statement, although we have one. Uh, what unifies the Vineyard is our overall theology, which is kingdom theology. And, and so it's a movement. The Vineyard is a movement because we are all pursuing more of the kingdom, like Jesus told us to, seek the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. And so kingdom theology is key to us and foundational. Uh, they showed a video at the conference that uh, really uh, teaches Kingdom theology in a very unique and creative way, and we're going to watch that video here in just a moment. The first half of the video is the teaching, and then the second half is our new national director, Jay Pathick, interviewing Tim Mackey, who is kind of like the brains behind the Bible Project that uh, produced the video we're going to watch. So Jay is the one with the beard, okay? Everyone say that with me. Jay is the one with the beard. So when we get to that point, you'll know that's that's the guy that's our new national director. Let's roll the video.
1: Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human
2: space is full of sin
1: and injustice
2: and the ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again.
3: Man, what a great video, Tim. Thank you so much for all the work that you guys do here with that. I, I wanna ask you just a few questions about yeah, it, if that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. You can help us understand. Um, First question, it's really simple. How can we see heaven come to earth? You know, we have the cool little graphics there. Yeah, the overlapping circles. (laughs) It's purple. Yeah, it's purple. We can see things (laughs) in purple. But besides seeing things in purple, how can we actually see it, visualize it?
1: You know, there's two images actually in pages one and two of Genesis that have really arrested my imagination and that it seems like Jesus and the apostles really we're into these images and ideas too. So, um, so one is in the first narrative in Genesis, the seven-day kind of creation sequence. Um, it begins with saying, in the beginning, God created skies and the land. What's up there? What's down here? We talked about that in the video. Um, but then in verse 2 of that chapter, it starts to narrate like what, what did that involve? And the first image is of uh, a dark, disordered, watery chaos. And um, the first way that God is present within that, and so it's not yet earth or land, um, but God's God's own presence is there in the form of um, his spirit. Hmm. The The spirit of God is hovering over the darkness and the waters. And then God begins to speak. And so that image of the spirit as the link between God's presence in space and the space of the created order that's yet coming into being. It's like the bridge is the spirit. And what comes of that link between heaven and earth is a beautiful ordered cosmos with gardens and plants and the image of God, humans in the end. That's the first narrative. Um, The second narrative, um, which is kind of a replay from a different angle of creation, is the Garden of Eden story. And the spirit is, plays the same role. You have an uh, unproductive wilderness and no plants and anything, no humans. And so God forms the dust of the ground. But even then, it's just dust. And so the link between heaven, heavenly life, and the life and love and creativity of God embodied on earth happens through God's breath that animates. The dirt, and so it's the spirit. The spirit's like this link between heaven and earth, Mm -hmm. and that's fundamental for the biblical story. And I think what it means to adopt the Bible's way of seeing the world is that this invisible, personal, energizing, animating presence of God uh, is is when you is what. What it looks like when heaven's on earth. Now that raises a whole other question. Yeah, so yeah, well, how I do you know? Asked. Yeah, that's what I was. But <laughs> about when that. do you know that? Well, I see like people springing up out of the mud. <laughs> yeah, like, <what> that's <laughs> right. How do we participate, <laughs> and/or how then
3: as people do we participate? Yeah, that's
1: right. So, so think back into the first narrative, in Genesis one. The culmination of it all is God appointing human humanity, male and female, as unified as one to rule and image and represent God uh, on God's behalf in the world, which means that now humans are the ones who embody and represent heaven on earth. Like that's the point of an image, I think, is to represent. And so um, whatever we tend to think of heaven or heaven coming to earth, in Genesis 1, it's, God is choosing to bring heavenly reality to earth through his representatives, his chosen representatives. And they are to rule and plant gardens and have lots of babies, and have communities, and uh, do the stuff of being human, um, which is to bear responsibility for our world and to steward it as gardeners. And so, you know, Jesus was into the garden image um, in the Lord's Prayer when he talks about, I mean, the opening of the Lord's Prayer, um, which we talk about in the video, uh, our Father who's in the skies, Um, May your name be recognized as holy. May your kingdom come and will be done here on earth as in heaven. So Jesus invites us to see um, being part of his follower is about inviting and expecting that the heavenly presence of God's spirit and power will come to earth daily somehow in and through my life and community.
3: So we said something about prayer a moment ago. You should be yeah. asking for this. Yeah, you should yeah. be expectant. Yeah, sure. Or even within a community, if I'm called to lead or pastor, mm. or mm. what specifically, I mean, yeah. as much as you can wear, or even what the
1: Bible would teach. Yeah,
3: yeah. What, what would you say are starting points and even continuing
1: points? Yeah, well, you know, I remember one thing that struck me about both Sermon on the Mount and the list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 is that... Um, They are all, uh, all of it to the T is about relationships. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, especially you know the you've heard it said and I say to you, it's all about how I relate to other people. Um, uh, I don't know, we maybe tend to think of religious piety or morality as being an individual character thing, but our characters are what they are in relationship to other people. That's how our character is displayed. And the same, all the fruit of the spirit are relational character traits patient. I can't be patient by myself. I need you to annoy me right. for me to have to act, pa- yes. you know what I'm saying? To test like, it. That's yeah, right. Yeah, to test it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And so uh, it's actually in a community of Jesus' followers, I can only discover the life of heaven um, and access it and participate in it if, when I'm with a group of people that's striving to live uh, by the power of God's Spirit in and follow Jesus.
3: So we need to have annoying people. And I love that, is what you're saying? It's, it's an well, opportunity. Yeah. That...
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's the reframe. It's one way to reframe it. Not that I. Yeah. Not that we want to fill our lives with people that we find it difficult to be around. Right. But um, yeah, it's not. Bad definition part of the, church, the work, isn't? Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> it really isn't. That's exactly right. You know, I know, but I'm being silly. But it's true. Like, being around people who are other than me and different from me, but we're both trying to follow Jesus together, we will bump into each other and hurt each other. And it's like, what's the true north for why we would even be in a group together? Um, it probably won't be our preferences, um, and certainly not right now in our culture, political affiliation or cultural and so a local church of different people is, is the perfect place to discover what it means to find heaven on earth. And not something that we manufacture, it's something that we receive and participate in. Which is why the Lord's Prayer, I think which is perfect, is, is, is worded the way it is, it's passive. May your will be done and may your kingdom come on earth. We can keep it from happening, but we don't manufacture it. It's something like the Spirit. We receive it as a gift. Again, these are things that are much easier to talk about when it's just you and I yeah. being polite to each other <laughs> in a room. And, you know, it's yes. like, it's very easy right now to, yes. to, to think about that.
3: But when you're with people in your home or talking yes. to neighbors yeah. or managing someone who sees the world differently than you.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That Genesis 2 image, dirt, the Spirit, God's breath plus dirt. Equals the life of heaven becoming incarnate on earth, and so it requires dirt. <laughs> if you're not in the dirt, you're not in heaven. I guess is the image, right? Yeah. If, of the marriage of heaven and earth, um, I suppose we might prefer to experience God's heavenly presence without without the dirt, without the dirt, <laughs> without and, the mess. Uh, but I think the biblical story is saying, yeah, it's not how it works. To be a creature is to. to be forced to figure out what what heaven looks like in my concrete lived experience with these people in this place
3: and, and
1: with these opportunities.
3: So when we're talking about heaven and earth, we're talking about spirit and dirt or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, these are such amazing images in the Garden of Eden story. Um, when God's breath His animating, energizing breath. Takes form like you asked. Your first question was, "How would I know? How would I see it?" I can't see it apart from some visible expression, which involves dirt <laughs> in the Eden story. But what a great image! Um, what else is the human experience here on earth it's messy and it's complicated? But that, that is the venue in which we discover the mysterious, creative power and, and presence of God and um, I might wish otherwise. In fact, I do wish otherwise. (laughs) Totally. Uh, You know, I was actually, I thought I was a fairly decent follower of Jesus before I had to raise children, you know, for example. And then you're just like, oh, Well,
3: that means you're a good husband because it happened for me getting married. (laughs)
2: Okay, yeah, Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, that too, that too. But no, but that's
1: it. And the same in our relationships and church communities, um, if my my hands aren't dirty, I am not likely to experience much of the, the power of heaven. And uh, that is it's a mystery and a, a challenge that I think we all need to spend a, a lot more time pondering.
0: I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I loved it. I loved the, uh, the video and then Tim Mackey. Tim Mackey was the one without the beard, remember? And uh, he shared that the Holy Spirit is the interface between heaven and earth. And the, when the Holy Spirit comes, He creates community and, and heals our hearts through salvation so that we can live in community, as well as the Holy Spirit is bringing power for healing and deliverance and freedom for people. Well, I, I invited two people to come and share a little about the conference and what it meant to them. Lori and Luke are coming up right now, and they're going to share personally what the conference meant to them. So, you stand right there. You go first. Hello. Hello.
4: Hi everybody, I'm Laurie Cochran, Van's wife. And it was such a privilege to be able to go. Thank you for sending us. Really appreciate you, um, our church family here. I think the biggest thing that um, impressed me about being there is that I was part of a much bigger family. And the family is very diverse. And it, there are very many young people. So if you were here at the uh, Kingdom Pursuit Conference, we had one breakout by Aaron Simmons. And his whole premise was talking about generational convergence. And what he was talking about is both, both generations there's a, there's a family element of fathers and sons and mothers and daughters going on, and it was so evident at this conference. So the family feeling of being part of a wonderful family was something that I had probably never experienced as much in all the different um, national conferences that we've been to in the last 20 years. So um, there was just a distinct family, young and old, and. Um, And I I had the privilege of um, leading a ministry time with the women's gathering, and there was a change in the guard there from Di Layman, who has been at our church and spoken, who has been leading the women in the vineyard in a task force where we're doing mentoring with leaders and um, pastoral leaders and volunteer leaders in the vineyard, and we initiated the the. hand off to the next generation and our new women's leader, her name is Melanie Forsyth Lee and she's actually from the, the Columbus area. She is pastoring a vineyard church um, called Life Vineyard Church outside of Columbus. So it was just it was a, a wonderful experience to be there and thank you again for letting sending us.
0: Thanks honey had that mic to Luke thank you very much. Hand your mic to Luke, please. So Luke, stand over here in the middle. Sure.
5: So the experience that I want to share about doesn't necessarily have a climactic moment, but it was impactful for me. And it's still unfolding to, um, up until now, the vineyard conference was really cool in that they based each of the four days on a saying of John Wimber and a value that the vineyard carries. And one of the days was focused on a saying John Wimber used to um, always repeat, which was everybody gets to play. And the focus was justice. And so um, speaker came up and she started talking about God's heart for justice and how in um, the Old Testament, we read about Israel as being God's people called to right the wrongs and bring justice to the injustices that existed in the broken world around them. And how Israel in the Old Testament is actually a prophetic picture and an illustration of what we in the New Testament advancing the kingdom are called to do. And so kingdom people are actually called also to right the wrongs of the world around us and to bring justice to the um, situations where injustice exists. So she's talking about that and she's focusing on groups of people who, you know, either found themselves in a super broken situation through a series of events, maybe some choices of their own, but also talking about people who had absolutely no say in the broken situation they found themselves in like children in sex trafficking and, 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 uh, she was talking about poverty and, um, and, and all these different broken, these areas of brokenness in our world. Right. And as she's talking, I'm feeling stirred by the Lord that, okay, there's something here for me. And, um, then she leads into a ministry time and for this ministry time, it looked different than the one that happened the night before You see the night before was focused on come Holy Spirit and so that ministry time was uh, wild and powerful and and very um, is different but then this ministry time the people that feel stirred they stand up and uh, we um, we're standing there and it's just complete silence and I uh, all of a sudden start to hear someone near me weeping, and then another person starts weeping, and then another person starts weeping, and pretty soon, many people in the room were just um, openly weeping, and and what I realized was happening was that God was giving his compassion to the people that were in the room for those people in those broken kinds of situations. After that, I got some ministry. Uh, A pastor came up and prayed for me, gave me some cool words. God spoke to me some cool stuff. and so I just feel like God's doing something um, in my own heart and in my own mind around ministry to, to these people who are experiencing injustice. So that was my experience. It's
0: awesome, Luke. Luke will be here at the end of the service. Uh, we'll have opportunity for anyone that just really wants to experience more of the compassion of God. Because it really is his compassion that unlocks so much Uh, of the kingdom to us and so Luke will be here uh, able to pray for anybody that that just really has a longing for more of that so thank you very much Luke that's powerful let's give it up for Luke and Lori yeah now we have Jordan Pelfrey our student ministries pastor and And I get a chair he gets a chair yeah that's right and a microphone (laughs) Um, In the Bible, uh, there's descriptions of what happens when God's presence touches people. And in our physical bodies, uh, we react to God's presence because while our spirits are brand new, our physical bodies are not yet brand new and we're not really designed to be in full presence of God. Uh, But you you see in the Old Testament, the priests in one case could not stand because God's presence filled uh, the tabernacle. In another place, Isaiah said, I, I'm undone. And the the Hebrew word literally means I'm coming apart at the seams. So he felt like his physical body was disintegrating. Uh, you see in the New Testament, uh, believers under the influence of the Holy Spirit acting like drunk people. And another place, John falls before Jesus in a vision of Jesus like he's dead. So there are all these different ways that people respond. And... Um, Uh, we had a guy that talked one night about getting ambushed by the Holy Spirit. And I think that's kind of what happened to Jordan that night. But Jordan, tell us about that, would you please?
6: Yeah. So that uh, evening, it was Tuesday evening of the conference and uh, Steve Nicholson, uh, the the speakers were Steve Nicholson and Ted Kim, and they were talking about uh, power and presence. And so Steve said that, uh, whenever anybody asks him and other people who have been in the vineyard for a long time what the secrets to moving in power are, he says, There is no secret. It was just that we were ambushed by God. And that they had like encounters with the Lord where they were just never the same after. And so that was kind of like his phrase that he kept coming back to ambushed by God. And, and while he was talking, I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to get you tonight. And. Um, which is like both exciting and scary. <laughs> um, and so I just had this like sense of anticipation and faith for God to do something. So I decided that I was going to go up front during ministry time, no matter what the call for ministry was, just to see what the Lord would do. And so uh, just so happened at the end of the message, they called for everybody under 30 to come up to the front. There were probably 200 or more people that responded and, and everybody's at the front of this church and. And they brought a couple more people on stage to, to pray and minister from the stage. And when um, this, this lady started praying, um, I don't even really remember what she said, I just started to experience uh, God's presence, just kinda like I normally do, like, you know, the tingles on your back, or like, when it's like really intense, like some light wind in my hands, and like, things like that. Um, but then, uh, I, start, I, I felt this urge to cry in my face, and it kind of tightened up like I was about to cry, but nothing came out, and And after that, my my body started to react in, like, this really weird way. My muscles and my arms got, like, really tense, and, like, I was flexing, but, like, like my muscles were contracting, but I wasn't trying to make them do that, and my arms started shaking, and, and uh, it felt like I had restless leg syndrome in my upper body, where you kind of just have to move, you know, and uh, I was I just felt like I like I was I was going back and forth in my mind. I was like, Am I doing this? Is something like what's happening? Is this God? And and I realized like I was like in my mind saying, Okay, stop doing that. But it kept happening. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, so I think God's doing something and and the thing that uh Steve Nicholson said leading into the ministry time was just pray, Yes Lord. That's that's the best way to engage with the ministry time. So I was saying, Yes Lord, yes Lord Um and I, I started I got really hot and started sweating and it kind of like started to dial down and people were laying hands on me and, um, but then it like really started to intensify again and I started to feel this sensation in my face, in my arms, in my hands and in my feet where it was like this, like a ripple, like my, it felt like my muscles were rippling, like if a, a massage gun were put right on my cheek and it was just going back and forth and causing like this burst of energy almost. Um, and that was happening in my face and my hands and my legs. And, um, and all, the, all the upper body stuff was still kind of happening. And, and then uh, Putty Putman came over and was praying for me. And, and I started to, I remember feeling like my legs were strong, but like I couldn't control my upper body. And I started to kind of crumple over and um, was like, like my forehead was on Putty and his he was supporting my weight entirely. Um, and I felt like I wanted to pray or scream or speak in tongues or hug putty because I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like, I've heard about this happening, but I don't know what's happening. And I, I just felt like this kind of terror. Like, I, I've heard of people who said they, they thought they were going to die when God was and I, getting a hold of them. And I wasn't quite there, but I was like, very aware that I was like, I don't feel in control right now. And that kind of led to this, uh, eventually my legs started to tingle and I just kind of crumpled. And I was in the, on the ground in the, in the fetal position and my forehead was on the carpet, and my hands were on my head, and I felt like uh, my arms weighed 100 pounds and I couldn't lift them up. And I felt like there was this like, like I just could not get out of this position. And finally I got my voice back and I just started screaming and like groaning and i that's very not like me if you if you know me that's that's very out of my character especially in a room of two thousand people where i didn't know anybody and uh so that that was happening and and it was like i don't know what i i felt i was frightened and terrified and, and i heard the lord speak some things to me that were really powerful at at one point i felt like uh I could I'd see Jesus in my mind and he's like, I just had this awareness that he knew every aspect of my life, had seen every minute of it, knew every thought, knew every word that I'd ever said, which is pretty frightening in itself. And knowing that he looked at me and said, I love you. And that was like really powerful and, it, and contributed to a lot of this, I think. And yeah, so it was a, it was a wild time. There's some stuff after that, but I'm talking a lot. That's
0: cool, Jordan. That's and sometimes, as I said, our bodies aren't designed right now to be in God's presence. So many times, it's just our bodies reacting. Other times, God just grabs hold of a person and shakes them too, and beyond their agreement, even. And um, (laughs) you might ask, why would God do that? And it's it's what He does to us. To make us pliable in his hands so that he can do something new in our lives and give, give new direction and new empowering. But, Jordan, um, what have you discerned about this whole event since it happened? What, what, what's, what's God saying to you about it? What do you have, like your whole life has totally changed now, right?
6: Somewhat. <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, it's only been a week, you I'm, know. I'm
0: joking when I say that, but yeah. You ahead. are
6: joking or not joking? I am joking. Oh, and, what, what okay, I, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, actually, yeah, it was really weird. I woke up the next morning, I could fly. Is that normal? Is it, um, <laughs> no, that is a joke. Um, but so I, talk, I got to talk to Putty afterwards, and I was, like, really shaky and had a hard time articulating anything for about an hour after. It was a 30 to 40-minute experience. And he said that he's seen this happen a couple times before, and he said it's happened to him a couple times and he, he said, this is like a real empowering, like God's doing something in you. And he said, when it's happened to him, it's not always abundantly clear why he's doing it at first, but that it, it kind of works itself out and you start to see the the fruit of it as you go through kind of the next season of life. And, you know, it was really timely that this is happening because I'm, my I'm taking on some different things in, in life and, and, um, and at the church and things like that. So it, it, it just seemed to be kind of like a convenient time, I guess, for the Lord to do something new. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sweet. And that's what I was getting at. I, like these, these types of experiences do change you. But it's something that God works out over time through a process as well as what He does in the immediate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, good idea. Tell us about your new role in the vineyard. Less
6: than a month ago, uh, I became the regional youth leader for our area of the vineyard. Yeah. Thank you. Um, It sounds fancier than it is, but I get to just hang out with youth pastors in our region and and help support them and make sure there's events for teenagers and stuff in our region. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well-deserved, a well-deserved appointment. Um, Earlier, you shared something. I'm trying to remember what it was, right? I had it a moment ago, and I just lost it. So um, maybe I need one of these experiences to brighten my mind up some, huh? Uh, Jordan, we want to pray for the group here. Uh, For anybody here that's really longing for more of just an experience with God like this, we just want to take a few minutes to pray for you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have Jordan do that. And we're also partway through that, I'll ask the prayer teams to come to the front. And then um, I want you to feel free to come for prayer for any needs you have. Prior to the service, we had a word that people was going to God was going to heal people who had wounds related to church. And so if you, if you have, like, hurt in your heart over something that happened in a church, whether here or somewhere else, uh, we're going to have Holly, and I think Jordan will probably join her over there to pray for you on that side. And then for any whose hearts were touched by what Luke shared about compassion, I'm going to have Luke come over to this side and uh, pray for you. And if there's a group come, just pray for the whole group. But uh, we'll have others here to pray for healing or whatever needs you might have. But would you stand with me and uh, just hold your hands out like you're, you're ready to receive something from God with your palms up like he's going to drop you a present out of heaven.
6: Yeah, I just encourage you the same, same thing Steve said when he was leading ministry time. Just, just the way to engage is just to say, yes, Lord. Just be prepared to receive whatever it is that he wants to do. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Welcome your presence. Welcome your power in this room. Jesus, we invite you to come and reveal yourself fresh to us.